بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد يا أيها الذين آمنوا آمنوا بالله ورسوله والكتاب الذي نزل على رسوله والكتاب الذي أنزل من قبل وقال تعالى ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب صدق الله العظيم Respected elders, brothers, mothers and sisters, honorable ulama, young friends, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. First and foremost, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that we have enjoyed and are enjoying and will continue to enjoy with His permission in this world and in the next. And we recognize and realize that most definitely from amongst the countless blessings, the greatest blessing is the fact that we can recognize our Lord and know our Creator, know our Master, and to be given the opportunity multiple times a day to lower our head, bow down, and put our head in front of Him, to extend our hands in front of Him, to beseech Him, to seek assistance from Him, and to turn to Him in times of ease and happiness as well as times of difficulty and hardship. Most definitely there's no one who is more blessed than that one who recognizes Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُ فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ Know very well that there's none worthy of worship but He. Know very well that there's none worthy of worship but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the very first and most fundamental and the most final piece of knowledge that a person must attain in order to gain any type of success and in order to gain any type of salvation both in this world and in the next. And we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has made you and I from amongst the reciters of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And we ask and we pray and we beg to Allah that he may, he may He make those words the very last ones as we leave this world. Ameen. Dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this deen which comprises of many aspects of our life. And it is an overarching thing that is not specific to the houses of Allah but instead dictates the way we spend our life outside, most definitely, outside of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at home, at workplace, etc. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided that this world is going to be a place of tests and trials and tribulations. Multiple times and places He has said that this world is a place of We will most definitely test you and we'll put you to trial by reducing sometimes wealth, by sometimes taking away life, and sometimes depleting your resources and the fruits of your labor, and so forth. So this Darul Imtihan, Darul Bala, this world is a place of, of tests and trials. And from amongst those set of trials and tribulations that Allah Himself has created, one of the very important aspects of that trial and test is a creation called Shaitan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also has spoken extensively of this shaitan throughout the Qur'an. And he has said in one place, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوًا فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًا Indeed, shaitan is your enemy. So ensure that you recognize him as your enemy. In another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوًا مُبِينَ He is not just an enemy. His animosity is, comes out as clear as daylight. It is very obvious for someone who is wishing to look for the truth that the biggest obstacle between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our nafs and shaitan. 
both of them working 24-7 overtime in order to mislead us. Misery loves company. He knows he's headed for hellfire and he wishes to take as many as he, wishes, as he can with him to hellfire. Now this shaitan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has explained to us in various uh, places in the Quran and the scholars have deduced that. Mufti Taqi Uthmani for example explains a very beautiful point regarding the effects of how shaitan tries to manipulate and create issues and problems between us and our ultimate goal of gaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. And that is by creating two things. Number one is by creating doubts in our faith. And number two, by making us fall to our lower desires and our, our lower self and our uh, uh, nafs, to the temptations of our nafs. Or what we call the doubts and desires, the two Ds, or what we want to call in Arabic, the shahawat and the shubuhat. The de lustful desires as well as the doubts. Now, these two things are very different in nature. That doubts are meant, it is the spear and the arrow of shaitan on our aqidah and our belief. Our belief system and the articles of faith, shaitan attempts to put doubt within that. And let's understand that. Doubt is something we may suffer from. And it's something that is actually nowadays has become quite common. Uh, so where do we find solace in this? How are we supposed to understand what doubt is all about? The Prophet والسلام, is reported uh, in a hadith related by Abdullah ibn Abbas and Abu Hurairah anhu in Sahih Muslim. He says, the hadith says, <coughs> Some people from the companions of the Prophet وسلم, came <coughs> and they asked him, Inna najidu fi anfusina ma Indeed, some of us find ourselves thinking about such things in our heart and our mind that we find it to be extremely, <coughs> extremely challenging and difficult <coughs> to bring it out our tongues and to share it in front of you, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet asked, Are you really facing this? Are you actually sensing these type of thoughts in your mind? They said yes. So then the Prophet said, That is clear, obvious indication of the existence of faith. <coughs> what does that mean? So the scholars explain that when a person has doubts in their mind about faith, who created Allah? Where was Allah? Where were we before the existence? Where was, what was happening before we came into existence? What was happening before the world was around? When the world will come to an end, where will Allah be? Etc, etc. Questions, doubts. Things that you would never want to ask the Prophet because you know that you shouldn't be thinking about these things. You're beyond that. You've never thought about this before. But all of a sudden, you seem to be facing an attack of shaitan. So, so some of us may go through that. Well, this hadith gives us great comfort. The Prophet ﷺ is saying that if you feel that you would not be willing to share and express these doubts, as mentioned in another prophetic narration, that you would rather be flung into a fire and burn rather than articulate those doubts, then that means you have true faith. Because being an object of shaitan 
and being falling prey to shaitan, putting wasawas and doubts in your mind, by no means equates you to being a weak Muslim or being a bad Muslim. But instead, this is just part and parcel of the system. When a thief wants to break in, he's obviously going to break into a home where he thinks there's something there. There's some wealth, something valuable. So when shaitan looks at a person and sees that this person is going on a spiritual high, and he has a lot of potential to benefit people besides his own self and his family, he will try to attack them by creating doubts. So there's solace and comfort in this hadith. At the same time, dear brothers and sisters, we have to realize that the articles of faith <coughs> are non-negotiable. It's not like a person can say, I can, I'll believe in three angels, and I won't believe in the rest. Or I believe in a certain number of books, heavenly books, but I, I have doubts about the other one, for example. No, this is something that we can't compromise with. Whatever the Prophet ﷺ believed in and has asked us to believe in, in terms of numbers, in terms of quantity, we must have the exact same faith. So even a teeny bit of reduction from 100% of in numbers, let's say there's, by way of example, 25 articles of faith. If we're at 24, is that acceptable? Not acceptable. Even a smallest form of deviation from the desired amount is not acceptable. So that's the scary part about it. That we have to ensure that there is no decrease in, those, in the articles of faith. And then the second aspect is creating, making us fall into shahawat. What's that? That's when it comes to our ta'at, our acts of obedience. And things beyond aqidah, things beyond belief. Shaitan makes us try to miss our prayer, try to not allow us to guard our gaze, make us uh, greedy for more wealth and end up cheating and lying and being deceitful in business, etc., etc. So over there, the difference over there is if there is a slight deviation, meaning a person is supposed to be at 100%, absolutely free from falling to his temptations, <coughs> but he falls, unfortunately, and slips. But then he repents in this dunya, then there is abs as though he has never sinned. We know that. But perchance he passed away without actually repenting from a certain type of sin he or she was involved in. Still there is hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of infinite mercy will choose some good that he did and will say based on this goodness of yours I will choose to overlook the rest of the weaknesses and this is exactly what we all hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as tawbah as we make we know that our tawbah and our istighfar requires istighfar our tawbah itself is so weak so what we are hoping in that when it comes to us falling to our desires we're hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will overlook our mistakes and overlook even the weakness of our tawbah so a slight deviation when a person from 100% gets to 99%, there is still hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that. But when it comes to the first issue, this is a non-negotiable thing. So let's move on to the next aspect here. When articles of faith and aqidah are something that you cannot negotiate with, then we realize that this is something that we have to give a strong emphasis on. That even before focusing on acts of worship, the do's and the don'ts, we have to focus on the most important aspect is beliefs. And from amongst all of the articles of faith, from angels, prophets, predestiny, the day of judgment, and so forth, most definitely the most important article of faith is in the, the belief in the existence and in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with His attributes as He has explained about Himself in the Qur'an and as the Prophet sallallahu has described Him. Without this, there is absolutely no salvation. Dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
has decided in every era to give people various ways to reach to him. He had, you, you may look at it as an obstacle course. And the more obstacles you have, the higher you may need to jump, the better you need to navigate. But the end result is success in both the worlds and happiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We live at a time when the obstacle course has just become a little bit more advanced. And as, we, as the world wraps up, we are, th these things, these challenges are going to become even more greater. Some of the best people to ever live on earth will be the people who will remain firm on their faith in the end of times. And that's why, you know, the Prophet ﷺ one day, he even mentioned this. He said, I wish I could be in the company, meet my brothers. As he was attended a grave, I, I attended a janazah, and he was reflecting on something, and he mentioned to those who are around him that I wish I could meet my brothers. And you can imagine the the, the surprise and the shock amongst the audience, the companions, and they said, are we not your brothers? And he said, you are my companions. My brothers are going to be those who will come after me and will believe in me without having seen me. All right? So there are many aspects of that, the congratulations and the rewards the Prophet ﷺ has given for people come in the end of times. Why so? Why so? Because remaining a firm believer will not be easy. Will not be easy. So we are living at a time, what you can classify as the postmodern era, and where postmodern thought is very common, very pervasive. And it gets right to the root. Beyond the, the sins of the eyesight and the sins of all other sorts. And those are worthy of speaking about and worthy of rectification. But we have to take a step back and understand that beyond all of that, the most important issue we have here is holding on to our faith itself. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ spoke about a time when a person will wake up as a believer and go to bed as a disbeliever. And go to bed as a believer and wake up as a disbeliever. There are so many narrations about that. About holding on to your faith will be as difficult as holding on to a burning piece of charcoal, an ember. How long can you hold it? Five seconds? Ten seconds? And if you want to do it any longer, you have to be willing to have a very big gash in your hand, a hole in your hand. If that's a price you're willing to pay, go ahead, but you have to be willing to pay the price. It's not possible to hold a burning piece of charcoal and not expect to be injured. Holding on to our faith will become challenging. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a, like an auction is increasing the price. So all those, the guys who don't want to stay, they say this is too much, they'll be putting their hands down. And the highest bidder, the one who says my wealth, my health, my life, my resources, everything for Jannah, everything for the pleasure of Allah, He's the only one who will stay in the race. He's the only one who will be allowed to stay in the auction room. And the rest are said, there's a door. We are in that era. I am obviously uh, not from South Africa. I've studied here, alhamdulillah. Uh, 15 years ago, I, gra I, I graduated. And I'm coming back here to be in the company of my teacher, Qadi Salih here, alhamdulillah, and other teachers at Darul Zakariyan. And reflecting on the fact that where was it when I left South Africa, uh, at least what, uh, when I had gone to the America and the America that I have left now last week. A huge difference. We witness, my dear brothers, what I say to you, for most of you, unless you've traveled abroad or you are uh, moving with certain circles, you may not realize the truth of what I'm saying. By Allah, I'm telling you, every single place that I visit in America and I speak about the aspect of faith and the aspect about how important it is to hold on to the faith and the aspect about Shaitan creating doubts in the very existence of Allah in the hearts and the minds of our most 
powerful, most beautiful of young men and women, young Hafaz of the Quran, young girls or Hafizahs of the Quran. Now, at the young ripe age of 13, 14, 15, 18, 19, openly claiming that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not exist. Openly defi defying all aspects of the deen and saying that the Quran that I memorized, Al-Ayyadha Billah, is a bunch of stories. It's a work of literature of an Arabian person, not that of a prophet. How did this happen, my brothers and sisters? This is not a one-off incident. We are talking about in the hundreds, in every community, board members' children, imams' children, the activists' children, people who are in charge of the youth halaqas, youth halaqa activists, etc. They will share at the end of the talk that can you come to my home? Can you, this is my daughter, my sister, my son, my nephew, my niece, has left the fold of Islam. Has or has, as what we call, it has become a closet atheist. Only a very few of us know about it, the friends know about it, but this is the reality. My dear brothers and sisters, what happens on our shores, what happens in our country, whether you like it or not, is exported throughout the world. It's just a matter of time. The tsunami has come. And it's just a matter of time before the waves reach here. The in smart individuals from amongst us will prepare. Put the sandbags like we do before a flood comes in. We do, you make, go into the basement as we have and prepare for the worst. We need to ensure that our youth and ourselves are ready when it comes to attacks on our faith and the shayateen al-insi wal-jinn creating doubts in our minds about the very fundamentals of our faith. That we are ready to say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. I absolutely reject these doubts. I absolutely reject these phenomena. That secularism, liberalism, feminism, and all the other postmodern isms are presenting. No matter how authentic, how scholarly, how, uh, uh, how apparently academic that person may sound in that pr uh, professor at a university to an amazing article on the internet that you read. What Allah and His Rasul have said is the absolute truth. And what everyone says will be measured against what Allah and His Rasul say. If it matches with it, fine. And if it doesn't match with it, no thank you. Our absolute source of knowledge is wahi. It is not the five senses. It is not even the intelligence. The absolute truth, our eyes can defy us. Our ears can, can deceive us. Our mind most definitely can mislead us. But the one thing that cannot mislead us is the wahi, the revelation, the words of Allah. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا وَمَا يُنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحِنْ يُوحَىٰ The words of Allah and His Rasul have always been, shall always remain the guiding light for all of us. And as long as we continuously put our thoughts and minds and ideas and that of our children in front of the light of Qur'an and Sunnah and compare it to that, we'll be remain guided. And as soon as we allow this pervasive termites to come into our homes, to come into our institutions, to come into our youth, then the institutions may remain strong, apparently. The youth may still dress in a sunnah manner. But by Allah, we've seen with our own eyes, people dressed in thobe and beard, people wearing the jilbab and hijab, but inside there's nothing but kufr. Inside nothing but nifaq and hypocrisy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us, our youth, our generations to come from having doubts, from falling to doubts and desires. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from His infinite mercy to allow us to remain firm on, on the deen that Rasulullah left behind. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us all to take this as an awakening call and to take all those means that are available, starting with the beautiful, amazing scholars that you have. I saw when I came to park the car, Imam 1, 2, and 3. Do you know that in our country there are masajid that are four times bigger than this, that are 10 times more than this is spent 
but there's no imam's parking. There is no imam there. Brother, you want to lead, you want to lead, that's how it happens, last minute. How blessed you are that you have three imams, three scholars, not someone who just did 10 surahs and read stuff online. Please benefit from these scholars. Allow your children to know them at a personal basis. Make your children love them. Make your children have their cell phone numbers. And say, beta, beti, son and daughter. Anytime you have questions and doubts, for Allah's sake, don't go to Google. Come to me. If I know the answer, fine. If not, I will guide you to the ustad, to the shaykh. Don't allow your kids to ever think that they're going to find closed doors when they come to you. This is the time of showing love, showing comfort, and saying that our doors will always remain open. We are friends willing to hear what you've got to say. Don't ever say, Al-Ayadhu Billah. I've never thought about such a horrible question. Why are you asking this question? Absolutely not. Don't even show your disappointment when they ask a question, lest they may not open up to you. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant all of us the wisdom to raise our children in the best manner. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us all to utilize the means to protect ourselves and our generations from the onslaughts of the fitan and the trials and tribulations of the day. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha Allah 
الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القران المجيد افمن شرح الله صدره للاسلام فهو على نور من ربه فويل للقاسيه قلوبهم من ذكر الله اولئك في ضلال مبين وروى مسلم عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهم قال جاء ناس من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فسألوه إنا نجد في أنفسنا ما يطع أعظم أحدنا أن يتكلم به قال وقد وجدتموه قالوا نعم قال ذلك صريح الإيمان قال النووي سئل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الوسوسة فقال تلك محض الإيمان وذاك وقال ذلك صريح, ذاك صريح الإيمان معناه استعظامكم الكلام به هو صريح الإيمان فإن استعظام هذا وشدة الخوف منه ومن النطق به فضلاً عن اعتقاده إنما هو من استكمال الإيمان استكمالاً محققاً وانتفت عنه الشكوك والريبة وقيل معناه إن الشيطان إنما يوسوس لمن أيس من إغوائه فيكيد عليه بالوسوسة لعجزه عن إغوائه وإنما الكافر فإنما يأتيه من حيث شاء ولا يقتصر في حقه على الوسوسة بل يتلاعب به كيف أراد وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تفكروا في خلق الله ولا تفكروا في الله فإنكم لن تقدروا قدره رواه أبو نعيمان بن عباس رضي الله عنه فعلى المسلم أن يدفع الوساوس بالإعراض عنها والاستعاذة من الشيطان وكثرة الذكر والحاصل أن هذه الوساوس هي من الشيطان وعلى المسلم أن يدفعها بذكر الله تعالى وقد أحسن الشنقيطي حيث يقول وما به يوسوس الشيطان والقلب يأباهه والإيمان فلا تحاجج عنده اللعين لأنه يزيده تمكينا قال الله سبحانه وتعالى إنما يخشى الله من عباده العلماء وقال تعالى ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله قال الله سبحانه وتعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صلِّ وسلِّم على سيدنا محمدٍ عبدك ورسولك وصلِّ على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارِك على سيدنا محمدٍ وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله عنه وأصدقهم حياءً عثمان رضي الله عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله عنه وعن جميع الصحابة والصحابيات ومن تبعهم بإحسانٍ إلى يوم الدين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين واحفظ الإسلام والمسلمين وانصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أصلحنا واصلح شبابنا واصلح نساءنا وردنا إلى الإسلام ردًا جميلًا اللهم اشفنا واشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم من أحييته منا فأحيي على الإسلام ومن توفيته منا فتوفه على الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك لسانًا ذاكرة وقلبًا خاشعًا وعينًا دامعًا ونفسًا مطمئنة بك وبلقائك ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنة للقوم الظالمين ونجينا برحمتك من القوم الكافرين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا
عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ تَوَّابُ الرَّحِيمِ عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العلي العظيم يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين ما أصاب من مصيبة إلا بإذن الله ومن يؤمن بالله يهد قلبه والله بكل شيء عليم وأطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول فإن توليتم فإن ما على رسولنا البلاغ المبين الله لا إله إلا هو وعلى الله فليتوكل المؤمنون يا أيها الذين آمنوا من أزواجكم وأولادكم عدوا إن من أزواجكم وأولادكم عدوا لكم فاحذروهم وإن تعفوا وتصفحوا وتغفروا فإن الله غفور رحيم إنما أموالكم 
أولادكم وأولادكم فتنة والله عنده أجر عظيم الله سمع الله لمن حمده ونعك الحمد حمدا كثيرا طيبا الله أكبر الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم واسمعوا وأطيعوا وأنفقوا وأنفقوا خيرا لأنفسكم ومن يوق شح نفسه فأولئك هم المفلحون إن تقرضوا الله قرضا حسنا يضاعفه لكم ويغفر لكم والله شكور حليم عالم الغيب والشهادة العزيز الحكيم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله 
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم علمنا ما جهلنا وذكرنا ما نسينا وزدنا علما ونعوذ بك من حال أهل النار اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وارضعنا وتقبل منا وأدخلنا الجنة ونجنا من النار وأصلح لنا شأننا كله واكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعبادك الصالحون ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعبادك الصالحون أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب